order official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Yabba dabba doo! And welcome to the Adam Sank Show, motherfuckers. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. It's really not. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, August 28th in the year 2021 at dnrstudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. Oh shit, I had my bell ready and then it didn't... There we go. Uh, download the uh, DNR Cast app uh, after you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you listen to this anywhere else, leave us your ratings and reviews on whatever audio platform you use. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Get your ass merch, including your Demon Twink merch, at adamsank.com. And remember, you can now listen... Uh, wait, what does that say? You can now call us anytime at 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air. Um, okay. Here's what's happening this week. Uh, once again, my little two-day sojourn to Provincetown, Massachusetts has fucked everything up um, because it was supposed to be a recording weekend. Uh, I explained all this last week, but it still applies this week. So instead of getting a new episode, uh, I am at home once again in my Hell's Kitchen apartment with my dog, Lady, and my uh, Crystal Light Lemonade. And what I'm going to do is play for you a lost ass. Now, the reason I say it's lost is because the first 30 or so episodes of this podcast, most people have never listened to. They're not available to DNR Studio subscribers, and uh, they are available to everybody else, but you have to scroll way back in time to find them, and uh, I find that most people don't do that. So, <laughs> sorry for the paper ruffling. So, uh, anyhow, this is episode 19. It originally aired on October 15th, 2017. And it's one of my favorite episodes for a number of reasons. First of all, um, it features two very funny, very sexy straight guy comedians, Kevin Israel and Mike Sicoli, both good friends of mine, both great guys. And um, Ryan and I like sexually harass them and tease them and have all kinds of fun with them. And they uh, admitted to a lot, uh, including being sexually harassed by gay men, which happens to them regularly because they're so fucking hot. Not that that excuses harassment. Nobody should be harassed. But it does happen in their lives, and they uh, thankfully have a very good sense of humor about it. Um, but the other reason I love this episode and want everyone to hear it is, in many ways, it serves as the template for the modern-day ass. Uh, before episode 19, the show was kind of all over the place. We didn't really, I didn't really have a sense of what I wanted it to be. But episode 19 is a first for several reasons. It's the first time JB is producing. Until then, it was always produced by Katie. And she was away, and I made some stupid joke about her being 
in jail or rehab, both of which were complete lies. Katie, I want to clear your name after all these years. But anyway, so yeah, it was JB's first time producing. It was Ryan Frostig's first time co-hosting ever. And I know he says he hated he hates listening to himself from back then and thinks he's he was awful, but he really wasn't. I think he was really good right from the get-go. Um, and it was the first time we called Ask Me No Questions, Ask Me No Questions. The game had only been invented the week before, and I didn't have a name for it yet until episode 19. So um, without further ado, please take a listen, sit back, enjoy yourselves, And uh, take a listen to episode 19 from October 15th, 2017. Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny! Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. (laughs) And by my apartment, I mean my bed <laughs> and poetry hotter than Vesuvius more well endowed than the Mastodon it's the Adam Sank show on Derek and Romaine 2.0 and for the next hour you're in the ass oh, fuck yeah. and now the one the only Adam Sank bottom yes we're here we're back. We're live. It's the Adam Sank Show at 3 o'clock Eastern Time, live on Derek and Romaine 2.0. I'm Adam Sank. We've been gone for so long, but now we're back. You can call us and talk to us live at 844-TALK-DNR. You can tweet about us using the hashtag ass. Um, and today is special for so many reasons. First of all, Katie is gone. She has disappeared and gone AWOL this week. I don't know what happened. There's some rumors about rehab or possibly prison, but she's gone. And so JB, our intrepid intern, is running the motherfucking show all by himself. Hello. Yes, I am. I think your mic is off, JB. It it shouldn't be. Turn your ass up. There you go. There we go. All right. JB, you have to answer phone calls. Yes. Fetch the, the guests from the lobby. Yes. You have to play the sound bites. Yes. I mean, it, it, are you up for this? Yes. All right. I'm totally ready for this. He's confident. He's yes, ready. I um, and I've the touched other... a lot of pain for this moment. Yes, you have. <laughs> as much as I have or more. <laughs> but but also today uh, is exciting because my co-host, for the very first time, my guest co-host today is my very good friend, Ryan Frostig. Give it up for Ryan, studio audience. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having me. If you guys want to know uh, Ryan's last name, it's Frostig. Like frosting without the N? Rhymes with frost pig <laughs> or tossed pig. And you have tossed a lot of pigs, I haven't you, Ryan? I am quite Ryan? the pig. I'm also a huge fan of the S. So. He, he, both literally and literally figuratively. And your show is good, too. Thank you. Ryan is just back from a week's, uh, week-long vacation in Spain. España extravaganza. Yes, and I want to hear all about it. You have 30 seconds. Go. Oh my God, I ate everything. I fell in love. I had a head injury. I really, I did it all. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to talk about the uh, head injury. Well, are, are, we, are, you, are you coming out of the my, closet with your head injury? This is my, um, I'm, I'm breaking news. Uh, I had a head injury in, in Spain. Uh, and by head injury, he doesn't mean that someone was giving him head and they injured his penis. No, not, that not, have not been at this, better. not at this particular moment, though. That was 
part of the trip and and we made sure to enjoy that when when it was happening do you want to tell people what happened to your head uh yeah i just uh you know was uh enjoying myself had a little <laughs> bit too much fun and uh passed out and uh cut my head open which was great fell backwards like a tree ladies yeah. and gentlemen oh no it was it was it was dramatic it was fabulous uh i i went to the emergency room in barcelona where i was hoping that you know people would maybe be able to help me and 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 uh they did but you know when you don't speak the language it makes things a little yeah you don't speak a tricky. word of spanish yeah but i i learned from my spanish lovers a little some words here and there so what word did you learn uh well everyone says vale like ba vale vale right like okay mm-hmm and it's just a fun word to say. I mean, only in Spain, though, in, in other Spanish speaking right. countries, they say, OK, but in Spain, they say, vale. Yeah. Which literally means it's worth. Yeah. It it's, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But yeah. So great. Well, we're happy that you survived your fall. Yes. And up until that point, it was a fabulous week and it still was a fabulous week. But, you know, can't always be a dick and tapas and sangria sometimes. And paella. And paella. Well, um, that's a great story. So uh, Ryan and I are both excited today because our live in-studio guests are two of the hottest men that I've ever seen. Mm. Um, they are both stand-up comedians. They claim to be heterosexual. We'll find out today. We will find. Believe me, we will do everything we in our power to find out. Uh, their names are Kevin Israel and Mike Sicoli, and they're actually here early. That's how excited they were to be on, the, uh, on my ass great. that JB just ran out of the studio to go fetch them. They'll just stand naked in the corner for the first part of the show. <laughs> We're going to get them liquored up. We've got a box of Stella Pinot Grigio. The cheapest. It's so cheap. Shittiest wine, but we are loving it. It literally tastes like piss. Um, Did we toast? No, let's toast. Cheers. Salud, Salud as they say exactly. in España, right before they pass out to and the ass. bleed. <laughs> um, yes, we have. So we have Pinot Grigio. We have Pinot Noir. And we have a little bit of rosé left over from, I guess, the Derek and Romaine show. Um, and we'll be drinking all three of those and trying very hard to seduce our heterosexual guests. Um, we were going to talk about something to start, that, but I'm going to wait on that because we need sound bites and JB's not here. So let's talk about a topic that is near and dear to your heart. Yes. This happened, uh, you know, we were on a two-week break from the show, so a lot of news breaks and I don't get a chance to talk about it right away. But um, this one caught my eye, and Ryan is an expert on all things RuPaul's Drag Race. So I Ryan, worship, I, I'm a follower of RuPaulism. Yeah, so tell us what happened with Violet Chachki so in Paris. Season 7 winner, uh, Violet Chachki, major cunt, fierce queen. <laughs> um, she, she was in Paris for Fashion Week, and she went to um, this club called uh, Le Dupont. Le Dupont. Le Dupont. And um, she claims... It's a sex club. It's a sex club. Um, it, I guess it was a fashion week party, though, that she was there for. Mm -hmm. But there's also another part of the club where they have sex. And she, um, she claims that she was thrown out of the club for not being mask enough, um, that she was too femme presenting, mm -hmm. and that they kicked her out. The club has, obviously, a much different story, um, which is that she was filming... Um, the sort of cruising like sex zone right she was taking her phone out and making video of like the sex area yeah and they asked her to stop and she didn't and there were several complaints from clients and um they asked her to leave and she uh 
she tweeted, you know, she, she said this whole thing about, about being thrown out for not being mask presenting. And she said, fuck the French or something like that. Like, I hate the French or whatever. Right. Um, so, so, so the club fought back because, you know, it's a big deal in the gay world. Obviously, if, if someone claims that they've been discriminated against because they're not masculine enough or they're the wrong gender or the right. wrong sexual orientation. So the club put out this lengthy statement um, that said she was expelled from the club at 4 a.m. following an unacceptable and inappropriate behavior. Um, she posted videos of the cruising sex space of, La, of Le Dupont on her Instagram account when this is explicitly forbidden by the internal rules and regulations. You know, sex clubs have very strict rules. Sure, I mean, you can bareback fuck, but you can't take pictures can't of it. it. That is over the top. Um, she also tried to go downstairs with female clients when that space is just... Uh, I'm sorry, go downstairs with female clients when that space is reserved for just men. Um, Violet was not denied access at the entrance. There was never transphobia. Uh, furthermore, Violet was very aggressive with the security staff who stayed polite despite the insults. The club promotes every campaign about the discriminations against LGBTQI people. I'll never get used to the I. Right. And has been targeted by such a defamatory campaign. If necessary, the direction of the club is ready to take legal action. So once again, bad behavior but like, by a drag queen. Nobody likes, what a shock. Right. But also, nobody likes Violet Chachki for being a good honest person like she's a garbage person she's <laughs> an incredible queen like there's obviously a reason she won uh rupaul's drag race but uh, am i surprised no and also drag race nowadays i mean they, those those girls have such a huge cult following huge. like yeah i mean you if if you're a, a rupaul's drag race winner yeah or even a runner-up even a runner-up and up. you post shit about someone on your instagram account like that causes real problems yeah. and for she, that business or that person or whoever it is. And Violet in particular is she's sort of managed to break through into like the fashion sort of art world. Like right. she has a little bit more uh, celebrity, I guess, than a lot of the other girls. So she has, you know, she has influence. And um, but yeah, I totally believe the club and not her. Well, moving on, um, JB, we're going to talk about Milo now because we skipped that since you had to go fetch our, our hot guests. Um so Milo Yiannopoulos, who I think is just the most despicable person, um, if you guys don't know, he's this right-wing, uh, Trump-supporting, openly gay writer, journalist, commentator, speechmaker, fuckface. Who's, this. like, kind of hot? I don't find him hot at all. Like, in, a, in like, a, like, I want to You want to hate him? fuck him, yeah. yeah. But well, so he uh, made big news over the past couple weeks because he got married. To who? He got married to a black man, which is shocking if you, if you really listen to his views on race and particularly on Black Lives Matter, and also if you listen to his really hateful speeches. So I want to play two sound bites just to make you guys understand how fucked up it is that any black person would marry <laughs> Milo Yiannopoulos. The first time Milo, the first uh, soundbite we have, Milo was giving a speech. He, he he speaks to these right wing conservative, usually student groups who are like, you know, rah, rah, free speech. We can say whatever the fuck we want. And, sure. you know, yay Trump. So he basically attacked a transgender student, not a student in the audience, but someone who had made news by suing uh, her school because she claimed that they weren't giving her access to the girls locker rooms. Here's what Milo had to say about her. 
I have known some passing trannies in my life. Trannies, you're not allowed to say that either. Um, I've known some passing trannies in my life, which is to say, which is to say um, transgender people who pass as, the, as the, um, the gender they would like to be considered. Well, no. Um, the way you know that he's, he's failing is I'd almost still bang him. Um, it's just, it's just a man in a dress, isn't it? So he basically misgendered this person and shamed her, put up her picture, said she looked like a man in a dress. This is the sort of level of, um, of person that we're dealing with. But more to the point, speaking about the Black Lives Matter movement, he made the case, and this is a case that many on the right wing love to make, that basically, why do we care if police shoot innocent, unarmed black people? They're just going to kill each other. Listen to this. Based on 2012 numbers, it would take 40 years worth of blacks killed by police to equal the total number of blacks murdered by other blacks in a single year. Less than 400 people a year are killed by cops. 61% of them are white men. 32% are black males. Black men are not killed out of proportion when you consider they're much more likely to interact with police. People are killed by police about as often as they're struck by lightning, but I don't see many protests about storms. Black males, black males are 58% of those killed legally by private citizens in self-defense. And you think, aha, we've got you on something. Except 75% of them were killed by other blacks. So in other words, it's not the police that are the problem. It's the black people. JB, you're a black person. Would you ever marry this man? Um, no, that, that's a hard no. Like, I will beat this man with a stick. <laughs> like, And by I, a stick, you don't mean your penis. No, how, no, he doesn't get you blessed with even, a JB stick. You wouldn't even hate fuck him. No, not even hate fuck him. I saw what he looks like. I, he, made, he made my penis turn to a vagina. <laughs> and then hearing what he said just fueled my fury with home, so much rage. But that, but like, so we know that he's like a piece of shit. Yeah. So it really is fascinating. Like, I wonder, like, his husband... Uh, is, is it just something that doesn't it's not discussed? I mean, I, I Listen, really wonder. I mean, I don't I've never understood black Republicans. I've never understood gay Republicans. Right. I've never understood gay black Republicans. They're out there. Sure. I think it's self-loathing. I think it's an attempt to um, become accepted by this club that doesn't want you. It's like, well, if I just say I agree with you and I and I follow you, then you won't hate me. Right. Because I hate myself so right. much. Interestingly, we don't know the name of the groom. We don't even know what he looks like. Uh, Milo posted an Instagram photo from his wedding, which happened on the big island of Hawaii at a Four Seasons resort. Um, the guy, I mean, it's very clearly a black guy, but you, all you see is he, you see his head from the back, and he's wearing a white dinner jacket, and the words blind for love are emblazoned on it, which is appropriate, because you'd that have to be pretty fucking blind so to marry Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah. Milo in the past has said that he has a very anti-white bedroom policy. <laughs> Quote, I like black guys for my love life. So in other words, he objectifies right. big black cock. Listen. And now he's married. Mazel well. Tov. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Good for you, Milo. Can, can I just say, please, in all, in all, real, in all real black lives, if, if your man not taking a picture with you and he won't see his face, that's not your man. That is not your man. <laughs> he's you. not married to him. Okay, the fuck? Thank you, Jamie. Excellent point. All right, um, we need to talk about STDs. 
uh, especially because Ryan's my co-host today. Um, <laughs> who knows what I have? Uh, who knows after your week in I Spain? Know. I mean, wh- while you were passed out and bleeding from the head. I might have gotten gangbanged. I don't know. Only if you were lucky. Ah. So um, there's good news and bad news about STDs. Ready? Here's the, uh, here's the bad news. STDs surged to a record high in the United States last year with more than 2 million cases of chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis nationwide. I account for like five of those. Same. Same. Just myself. Yeah. This was the highest number ever, said the annual STD surveillance report, which was released by the CDC. Most of the new cases involve chlamydia, which I have had. I have too. A, a bacterial infection that affects both men and women. Uh, gonorrhea also increased among men and women last year, but the steepest rise was among men, 22%. Uh, the trends are particularly alarming because of the growing threat of gonorrhea that uh, becoming resistant to the, right, the super, recommended treatment. The super gonorrhea, right? Right. right. Syphilis cases number 28,000, which was up 18% from 2015 to 2016. Most cases occur among men, mainly gay bisexual and other men who have sex with men we are riddled we're with syphilis sluts. we're sluts and and it's because of prep right i was just gonna say i mean but b-u-t-t a huge drop in new hiv cases among gay and bi men because, because of prep, prep. Um, this is a study out of england uh the downward trend was boosted by London in particular where new cases among gay and bisexual men new cases of hiv fell 29 percent uh, health officials said this was due to more regular testing, um, as well as uh, the taking of PrEP, which the NHS has been legally obligated to start funding. Um, this is in, in England, that is, not here. The medication uh, reduces the risk of infection by approximately 86%. It's actually not like 100% if you use it properly right. and effectively. Um, so that is the good news. I mean, you win some, you lose some, right? You got to have one or the other. Either you have HIV or you have syphilis. I'd rather have syphilis. I I would too. You know. Um, Meanwhile, a new study from the CDC says there's zero chance of HIV transmission if the positive partner's viral load is undetectable. We've been saying this. Yes, God. Over and over again. Um, So for those of you who are having sex with HIV positive people, as long as they are on meds and undetectable, you don't have to worry. You might get syphilis. You might get chlamydia, gonorrhea, crabs, warts, and all other and kinds of okay. things, but we you're all, not going to get HIV from them. We all them. make choices, and, you know, that's it. And here's my favorite story about HIV. <laughs> For those of you who are HIV positive and love coffee, you're in luck. Three cups of coffee keeps HIV away. Wow. Coffee, a drink that over half of Americans drink daily. Only half? That, I feel like everyone that's weird. It's also an anti-inflammatory, a liver protector, and one of nature's medicines. Uh, This new study published in the Journal of Hepatology found that drinking three or more cups of coffee a day halves, halves, I don't know how to say that word, H-A-L-V-E-S, halves the all-cause mortality risk in patients co-infected with HIV. Um, Yeah. Cool. So um, drinking coffee is a good thing. The team found that drinking at least three cups of coffee a day was associated with a 50% drop in mortality. This can be explained by the anti-inflammatory, which we already said. Blah, blah, blah. So that's good news. Wait, so what kind of coffee? Like a straight black coffee or like cappuccino? Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just coffee in all brands of coffee. Right, because all coffee is black coffee, and then you just add shit to it. Oh, 
Right. You know how I feel about that. I, Ryan is very anti-coffee additive. He doesn't. He's very black. I put cream in his coffee. He says fe. I mean, because at, at at a certain point, and like I've seen you put milk into coffee, it it's suddenly no longer coffee. Well, let's be honest. It's not milk. It's well, soy milk, of course, almond milk, or coconut milk. Nineteen seventy-four. Yes, it's true. No, Ryan likes it black, uh, like Milo. <laughs> Ryan, I'm, there's, where's the lie? Ryan only takes it black. Um, all right, we need to talk about something kind of uh, serious and heavy, and uh, <laughs> and then we'll we'll bring in our our hot guests and sexually harass them for a half hour. They've been sitting here watching all of this. I feel, I'm very nervous having straight guys watch me talk about STDs and HIV. It's 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 sort of it's making me uncomfortable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, you guys, we have to talk about Michael Friedman. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked at length about uh, this guy, Michael Friedman, who was a Broadway composer who uh, died of AIDS at the age of 41. And it generated, um, you know, great sadness in the community, but also a lot of discussion about how it was possible that a 41-year-old man with access to health care living in New York City in 2017 could die of AIDS. And I had said at the time rather vehemently, there's more to this story than we're getting. And, um, you know, people on my Facebook page, some some people were arguing with me and saying, no, AIDS still kills. Not everyone responds to the meds. You don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, no, really, there's more to this story. Well, the New York Times now reveals that there was a lot more to the story, but it wasn't what I expected. It turns out that Friedman wasn't even aware of his HIV status until nine weeks before he died. Wow. And so he wasn't getting any treatment for it. By the time he died, he apparently already had full-blown AIDS, and his immune system was damaged beyond repair. A friend of his is quoted in the article as saying he hadn't been tested in a couple years. I suspect it was a lot longer than that because the article notes that he had experienced weight loss, gastrointestinal issues, and facial lesions. He had lesions on his face before getting tested. And those are symptoms of immune distress that wouldn't normally appear in an untreated HIV-positive person for at least five years, right? So it was more than two years that he got tested. And, you know, my heart goes out to Michael's friends and family. I didn't know him personally. I'm sure they're, you know, in in great pain. But for the rest of us especially those of you who are HIV negative, there are some really important takeaways from this story. And because I have a radio show, however many listeners we have, I just want to put this information out there. If you're negative, you got to get tested regularly. Frequently. Like at least once or twice a year. If you're as slutty as Ryan, a lot more. At least once every month or two. Um, Or if you're in any other high-risk population, if you're an IV drug user, you got to know your status. If you are a negative, sexually active gay man and you're not in a monogamous relationship where you know the other person's status and they know yours and you're acting accordingly, you should be taking PrEP. You should be taking Truvada. If you're not, talk to your doctor about it immediately. It's hugely effective in preventing transmission. If you are in a serodiscordant relationship, meaning one guy's negative, the other guy's positive, then the pause guy has to take his meds regularly as directed by a doctor and keep up with all the regular checkups and blood work. And to be even safer, the negative guy should also be on PrEP. Condoms, they still work. They're still a highly effective and inexpensive way to avoid transmission as well as 
syphilis, gonorrhea, right. everything else. And you can get them for free. You can get them for, I haven't anywhere. for condoms in years. Nor have you used them. Well, but that's beside no, the point. No, occasionally. And here's the most important thing. Whoever you are, whatever your situation is, if you're experiencing new and unexplained health symptoms, see your fucking doctor. For real. You know, you have a far greater chance of surviving... Oops. I just died. <laughs> you have a far greater chance of surviving all serious diseases, whether it's like diabetes or cancer or whatever, if you're diagnosed and treated early on. Knowledge is power. Silence equals death. Nobody should have lesions on his face and not see a doctor yeah, immediately and be like, what the fuck is going on? And there may have been more to the story than the Times either knew or was able to print. I have heard from a number of people... Um, that there was more to the story. I'm not going to go into that because I don't have, you know, it's not confirmed and it's hearsay and it's, it's sort of beside the point. Um, but man, get tested people. Yeah. This is a fun show, isn't it? It's got real <laughs> dark. Call in to lighten things up at 844-TALK-DNR. Okay. Before we get to our guests, I have one final story, which is uh, going to definitely lighten our mood. Is it? I think so. In England, a dog walker and her basset hound Molly found a penis on the beach. <laughs> like, that is so sad. Julie disturbing. Edwards said her basset hound Molly found an intact penis on the beach. She quickly got in touch with a warden who reported the grim finding to police. One resident uh, said the news was awful, while the other added it was not that massive a shock. <laughs> After spotting the item, she quickly got in touch with uh, the authorities. She said, I could see that, she, that the dog was about to roll something around. Um, I thought it might be maggots or a bird, but I stopped her and saw it wasn't that at all. Um, the woman said it definitely looked human to me. I think it was an intact penis and male testicles. Police are yet to officially identify the object and are assisting the coroner with inquiries. I want to see it. Do you want to see the, the severed penis? Is there a pic of it? No. <laughs> No, I unfortunately. Mean, I'm, sure looks, I'm sure it looks disgusting, but also like, you know, was he circumcised? How big was it? I mean, it was England, so probably he was not circumcised. They're also trying to determine whether or not it, like it may have been a penis, but not a human penis. It may have been like a Twist. dog penis or a horse penis. There was no uh, information as to how large it was. This was also in one of those London tabloids like the New York Sun. So. Right. The provenance of the story is a little bit shaky. Sure. Who knows if it even happened, but it's a great story nonetheless. Let's great. hear the dog yeah. one more time, finding that penis. <laughs> we, have, we have no pictures, but we have audio of the dog finding the penis. Speaking of severed penises, our guests today are both comedians that I've been following for some time, and by following, I mean stalking. <laughs> they're funny, they're hot, they claim to be straight. Please welcome to my ass, Kevin Israel and Mike Sicoli. Come on. What's up, man? Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Guys, you got here way too early. I mean, are, are you in shock by the discussion so far? No, what's, what's your no. reaction to no. it? No. I just want to know, is a severed penis ever really intact? I, that's a good is question. That, I mean, if it's without the body, I don't think it's... Yeah. And the balls no, it's were... fully intact. Yeah, His guy really just wasn't there. I think by intact, they mean it wasn't like in pieces. Oh, okay. It was like a nice It wasn't cut up like hors d'oeuvres? It wasn't split down the middle. <laughs> uh, correct. Just, just a solid cock. Now, Empty sack or full sack? I, I, I didn't ask that. <laughs> These are the big questions. That's important, yeah. But speaking of a full sack, you know, 
when I originally booked you guys, my thought was that Ryan and I would just spend the whole half hour sexually harassing you. And then the Harvey Weinstein scandal broke, and suddenly sexual harassment, not so funny. Yeah, yeah. Harvey yeah. kind of ruined it for all of us. Uh, yeah. I'm pissed. Um, <laughs> I feel, but, like, I feel avenged. You, yeah. all the, you on behalf of all those women, you feel like they're speaking for you. Yeah, because yeah, because, because of all of your friends and <laughs> who are now following me, who constantly <laughs> message me Adam's horribly. Scrolling. You get messages? I don't get messages. Oh my god! Just wait, wait until after really? the show. Yeah. I found one. I found one today that I hadn't even seen. It was from like two years ago, and I said, "Oh my god, you're hot. Send me nakeds." <laughs> And that was it. Naked, not even nudes. <laughs> nope, naked. Send me them naked. Now, we should uh, explain to those of you who are listening and not. Uh, by the way, you guys are on camera, too. We have a chat room going. How many people are in the chat room right now, JB? Do you want me to ask that question honestly, or do you want to just continue with the no, show? No, why? Are there, is there nobody in there? It's just me. It's <laughs> so sad. You guys, oh the guys. chat room is up and running. So fucking log in if you're a Derek and Romaine subscriber. Um, no, uh,. <laughs> That really threw me. <laughs> no, Kevin, we have to explain. Kevin is the, if you guys saw the pictures I posted, Kevin is the larger of the two who is completely shirtless in his photo with the Star of David around his neck. Uh, Mike is the smaller ginger who was wearing a tank top in his photo. A little constipated in that picture. A little constipated and rather sweaty. Yeah. I did, uh, I, I scoured your Instagram looking for shirtless photos. And you do have some. Uh -huh. Not nearly as many as Kevin. I, <laughs> you got shirtless videos. Yeah. yeah. Videos. No, not shirtless. No? No. Oh, Kevin's a bit of an exhibitionist. They made that I'm up. a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> there was one photo of Mike completely naked, yep. except for a little bottle of baby powder yeah. covering his junk. And wasn't, I thought, it, wasn't it my head at some I, point? I took <laughs> another one, one too. Yeah. I took another one with your face on it. I almost used the baby powder one, and then I was like, this is going to get me blocked by Facebook, <laughs> and I wasn't sure how you would feel about it. So I, I went care. with the rather conservative. That was uh, fun. Now, I, I need to tell the listeners, booking you guys has been the hardest thing <laughs> I've had to do on this show. I've booked actual celebrities that were <laughs> far you. easier Thanks. to get into the... What are you doing that you're so goddamn busy that you're? this is the first Sunday you've both been free? I'm working on becoming an actual celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> is that what's yeah, happening? Mm -hmm. Now, you guys both are from New Jersey and live in New Jersey, mm -hmm. correct? Right. How did you... Tell us the story of how you first met and don't leave out the sex. <laughs> <laughs> How did we first meet? Was it that um, roast? We did a roast for another fellow comic, and we were we had already been friends on Facebook. Yeah. Because uh, when you do comedy, you just add anybody with a microphone. Right. And we were already friends, and like some of the stuff you posted a lot of like comic book stuff, and yeah. I was really into that stuff as well. And then we met at a roast, and uh, we just continued to work for me with each other from there. See, my theory out. is that you guys saw each other, and you were like, "You're as hot as I am. Let's team up <laughs> and that, right, I had a lot become thirst that, right? traps for <laughs> women and gay men." Is, well, is that always, part of you it? always want to keep up to your level. So <laughs> it was, you know. I mean, comedy aside, it's, <laughs> you need it's, a wingman, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's a special connection yeah. that you that you have. And. I mean, uh, my Facebook followers aside, have you guys throughout your life experienced other men hitting on you, making passes at Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. Your whole life. A lot, yeah. I wouldn't say my whole. I'd say it's become worse lately. Because you met me. I think I think you, like some kind of energy has rubbed <laughs> off onto me. Well, you both, are like, you both are pretty well-groomed. Yeah. So, like, in our world, like, I mean. You right. You look like you could be gay, and it's not because... You know, of any like kind of like lack of masculinity, it's just like you're very put together. I take it as a compliment. That, yeah, and you uh, work out obviously. It's yeah. I mean, I I've I, there's a there's a guy where I go to get breakfast and lunch sometimes. He's this little Hispanic guy, who is obviously gay, and he 
has the most innuendoed way of speaking to me. Worse than me? And, I mean, a hundred <laughs> times worse than you. Because at least you're so upfront about it that it's like, all right, I can, I can, I know how to respond to this. Right. I'm just like, He's take it out. He's this guy has you, right? that. Like, I now get how women feel yeah. with the with the like the comments on the streets because I don't know what to do, and I can handle almost that. I mean, I, I get, I'm a comedian, right? Sure. But he he makes me so legitimately uncomfortable. One day I one day I went in to get. Uh, I think it was it was breakfast. I had just gotten to work and I went in. And it was raining outside, and I, and I go up to the cash register, and he'll never just say, "All right, you know, four fifty-five, and give me the money." And I'll always like be looking for, and he won't say anything until I look up and may, make eye contact with right. him. And he looks at me and he goes, "Cabin, you're wet." <laughs> and then he just oh kept God. smiling at me, and he never said like the. And I was like, "How much money do I? Owe you? Why are you wet? I just want to get because you're sweating." No, it was raining outside. Oh. And I was, it was like a torrential downpour, and I was, like, soaked. And how does he know your name? Uh, I, the only way I can figure out that he figured out my name is because I have an ID badge <laughs> that hangs right by my crotch. <laughs> and he is staring at your crotch. And, the, and I'll tell you what, the font is pretty small. So he's definitely... Oh, he's he studied that shit. <laughs> he spent he's some time. Kevin, you're wet. You're wet. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and he's, but he's renowned, everybody who works with me. I mean, I work in a very big office. Everybody knows about him. So and you're not he, special? He doesn't when he gives, people? I feel like I'm a little special, but not extraordinarily special. Mm. He lingers when he gives you the change. His hand lingers in your hand. Ugh. You have to pull your hand away. Aren't we so right. creepy? You guys are so, <laughs> so fucking creepy. Yeah. I've done shit like that. And, uh, you're, you're the creepiest. And he always asks me what I'm doing. Like He's like, you're getting into trouble this weekend? Yeah. And I, so I'll always be like, oh, you know, my girlfriend and I are doing this. And he goes, and he'll always go, <laughs> shaking just his, shake head. his head yeah. like, Mike, ah. Mike you have these experiences as well I do I've had them for a long time what's the worst like did the anyone worst. ever like you know corner you or like one time take actually, their dick out or something I never ever told anybody this oh good yay go. breaking news on the ass I used to work shopping carts at the A&P that was my first job I was a shopping cart guy mm. and you were how old I was 15 okay and I was doing the carts and it was late at night and some dude was following me around the parking lot. And I was like, what is this guy doing? So I put the, um, I put the carts like where they go. Mm -hmm. And I looked up and he was like, he dropped something and he bent over to pick it up. And his whole ass was out. <laughs> his entire <laughs> Intentionally ass was showing you his <laughs> ass. Intentionally showing me his ass. So I just was pretended. Was it nice? No, I couldn't really see. It was dark. <laughs> and he was. Uh, if it had been nice. <laughs> if it had been nice, I would have been like, hey, dude. You know, good job. Good for you. <laughs> so yes. you're keeping up with the squats. Kudos. But, uh. I was when I was in high school. I actually see. Wait, hold on, that doesn't sound like a gay guy to me. That sounds like a molester. Like, well, that a sounds, gay molester. Yeah, 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 I guess. But and and an exhibitionist. But he was clearly trying to intrigue my into to show some me kind of. And, and did you just star. run away? Dirt I just star. pretended I didn't see and like walked back. And I didn't even finish getting the carts. I was like, I have to go inside because I don't want to. You think see he just keeps, Does he keep trying that approach until it it lands? Works. Yeah, maybe he it, has like a like. A, B, and C, like, <laughs> options that he, like, you know, rotates. You guys have to understand that gay men are so, dis like, so picture, like, if women were, just all women wanted to fuck you all the time. Mm -hmm. Picture if that was your world. So that's our world. It, everyone's horny and everyone's well, it's kinda, two, Right, it's, it's two people with the same mindset. Right, right. so we I, just assume, like, if we think you might be gay, we just assume that you are filthy mm -hmm. and that anything we do is going to be a turn on to you whether we like grab our dick or show our ass, like you know like yeah. there's just so much of that that goes on in our world it's, it's true <laughs> i mean i flew to uh vegas last weekend for a wedding and it just so happened that i my seatmate and i were the only two people in a three-seat row 
And for like the entire flight, he was like playing with his hard dick through his pants. What? Shut up. And like, I liked it and I encouraged it. That's the second, that's the second masturbation story we've yeah. heard on a plane today. Today, yeah. You know, so, huh? you, and that just doesn't happen. Like in your what? world, if you started doing that next to a woman, she would you scream. Would go to jail. Wait, so he was like, do, he was doing it at you? Yeah, well, by the end we were kind of doing it at each other. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish, I wish that imagine? could happen in the straight community. I wish it you could sit next to a girl. Get lucky. Well, like in, in your community, like Tinder is like a, basically a hookup app. Like right. that's your yeah. only. You know, yeah. We have like we have so many. Of we have them. like dating apps, which Tinder would fall under, and then we have like sex apps. Have you gotten catfished at all? Because I always on Tinder. That's why I deleted it. I couldn't do it anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't really use the apps anymore. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of catfishing that goes yeah, on. When I first moved to the city, it, was, it wasn't really catfishing, but like when I first moved to the city, I, I met this guy on um, Tinder who all of his pictures were like super old. Mm. So when I showed up to the date and, and met him in real life, um, he was pretty large. Really? I, I have nothing against like bigger guys. Like I, I'm, I'm open to, to all shapes, sizes, colors, whatever. But like, just be honest. Yeah, you're a liar. I mean, yeah, you're a liar. Yeah, yeah that's and then, not like, right. I, it and what do you just think's a really gonna weird situation, you know? Yeah. How do you well, like speaking of sex, I uh, I was talking to Mike Sicoli before the show, and I was secretly recording him, and uh, I asked Mike like, what is he into when it comes to sex? And Mike said this. <laughs> One moment, please. <laughs> or a tan. I smoke cigars. Wait, what did he say? Oh, that's. What did he say again? For <laughs> anything. If we judge each other by uh, never like mind. bottoms, we worked we worked so hard on this. What is that one from? What is so that? So you from? guys did on your podcast. You were talking about the hanky code, oh, and at one right. point you said, yes. "I like Latino bottoms." <laughs> yeah, but it's such way. a short soundbite, yeah, and yeah. there's no way we could, JB wasn't able to pull the sound uh-huh. off of Facebook. So <laughs> I remember that. We now. tried. <laughs> oh, it would have been such a good bit. It's not your fault, JB. I uh, I had dated a girl for a while who was a actress, and she was in an off Broadway production of Rent, and she was she was very good. The production they put on was very good. And I hung out with a lot of the cast. The whole cast was gay, except for her. And we would always go to a gay bar after... I went to all the shows. Mm-hmm. And after the shows, we would go to this gay bar in Asbury. And Paradise? No, um, Georgie's. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went there... And they would get up, and they would always have karaoke, and they would get it. This group of people who were all amazing singers would get up and like blow everybody out of the water, sure. you know, singing whatever they were singing. So... And I have like I am totally comfortable in any situation. Like it doesn't. It, so I'm sitting at the bar, and there's this guy sitting next to me who's like looking through the karaoke book, but he looks like really freaked out. Like he looks horrified in his situation. So I looked over him and I was like, oh, "Are you gonna sing something?" And he goes, "Oh, I don't know if I should. I've never done this before." And blah blah. blah. I was like, "I was like nobody here cares. Get up and do it." He's like, "You think?" I was like, "Yeah. What are you gonna sing?" And he told me, I can't remember, it was some '80s rock song. And I was like, "Oh, that'd be awesome. You should totally get up and do that." Everybody there just keeps singing show tunes. Do something different. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it." So they finish. They get up, come off stage. He disappears, and I'm I'm hanging out with this girl and all of her friends. And I hear the DJ get up. The DJ gets on and goes, "And we're gonna have somebody, a new guy coming up, never sang before. So everybody be really supportive." And blah 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 blah. And everybody starts, you know, clapping and going crazy for him. And he gets up onto the mic, and I'm not even looking at him. I'm looking at the girl I'm with, and he he goes, "I just want to thank my special somebody, who I wouldn't have been able to do this with if it wasn't for him." And my girlfriend, the girlfriend I'm with at the time, looks at me and goes, "Why is he pointing at you?" And I was like, "What?" And I look up, and he's like waving at me. So sweet. And I was like, "Oh, 
I was like, I just told him you should sing this song. She's like, I think you said something. And that's else. how Kevin and I met. <laughs> 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 that was the story of the night Mike Sicoli won the karaoke contest that's in Asbury right. Park. Um, since you guys are stand-up comedians and you were good enough to come on here and be sexually harassed by us, uh, I thought I would play a little bit of your stand-up. Kevin, you have a, a brand new album out Yes. called, is it The Struggle Israel or The Struggle Israel? Well, it would be The Struggle Israel. The Struggle Israel is the yeah. name of the album. Um, here's a little bit of the album. So I, uh, I recently got signed up for a, uh, I get emails now every day from a Bible list. I get prayer emails every day, a quote from the Bible every single day I get. And here's the thing, I'm Jewish, and they're all very, they're like, they're very Jesus-y emails. They're all very, like a lot of, like very Jesus-heavy emails. And I don't have anything against Jesus. Like, if Jesus is your guy, good for you. I dig what he did. Like, it's cool. But, like, he's not my guy. Like, I don't, I don't. And see, here's the thing about Jesus. Like, I look at Jesus like sushi. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to explain. I don't eat sushi. It's not my thing. But if my friend wants to go get some sushi, I'll go with him. That's cool. So just like if you want to go get some Jesus, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll watch you enjoy your Jesus. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Hell, if you're running late home from work and you want me to pick you up some Jesus, I will get you some Jesus. <laughs> but the minute you're like, hey, buddy, you want So I will get Jesus. But, but the minute you're like, hey, buddy, you want All right, we're having technical difficulties here on the ass. I apologize, Kevin. And there goes the punchline. Do, 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 do your punchline for the listeners. Um, the, uh, the end of it was because, you know, so I finally unsubscribed to this Bible list because uh, I just felt weird about it. And as soon as I hit unsubscribe, I felt guilty because, like, maybe I should be reading this shit just in case. Like, what if I die and I get up to heaven and there I am and I look and I'm excited. I'm like, oh, this is heaven. This is great. I made it. And I look across the way and there's Jesus. And I'm going to be like, ah, shit. And he's going to be like, hey, Kevin. I'm going to be like, hey, Jesus. He's going to be like, look, could we just avoid this whole thing and just let me in? He's like, sorry, no can do. You didn't live the right kind of life. I'd be like, well, I didn't know what I was doing. How was I supposed to know? I was brought up Jewish. And he's going to be like, bro, I was emailing you every single day. <laughs> Uh, yay, yeah. Kevin Israel. <laughs> I'm so sorry about our... You know, I think we're all a little bit nervous having two beautiful straight men in the studio. It's, it's, everything's going wrong. We're all, all right. a little That's bit on right. edge. How's the, uh, how's the album sales going? It's going good. You know, it's never as well as you would like it to be, but it's, it's well, going well. people don't buy albums anymore. Right, right. But, um, but it's fun. I, yeah. I had my album come out a couple years ago, and... You know, every quarter I get a little check from Sound Exchange, yeah. and yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like, oh, someone out there that I haven't met is actually listening to the to my comedy. Yeah, That's I'm gonna. Awesome. I, it's gonna be up on Sirius XM Radio hopefully by the spring. Good for you. Yeah, awesome. so that'll probably help. Now, Mike, we also have a little bit of your stand-up. Is our is, is everything working now, or are we good? I I don't know what happened. Probably when I transferred it, it just cut short. Yeah. But the sound file was fine. This sound file should be fine too. All right. So this is Mike at uh, Caroline's fairly recently, right? Yeah. You were I think on it was last year. Caroline's on Broadway here in New York City. Let's listen to the beautiful Mike Sicoli. I only smoke weed, right? And I lived in Florida. There's a lot of drugs in Florida. I lived there for a while. And the first day I was bartending there, one of the other workers came up to me and goes, Well, you dust rock? Like, you mean like fossils? I have no fucking idea what he was talking about. He's like, no, you smoke crack. 
what's the best way you have in the fucking world? Spas, beaches, and shit. Why? Why is that? That's supposed to be a punishment, right? Don't worry, you're trying to better yourself. I remember when I was in school, my dad going, well, Mike, it's got an F in history, a D in English, and an F in science. You bring that D down to an F, we're going to fucking Disney World, buddy. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. I'd like to go. Leaving them on a high note at Caroline's. Yeah. Still trying to get into that place. <laughs> yeah, okay. join the club. Mike, you're a you're very young guy still, right? What are you, like 20? I'm 20? 25. You're a baby. Yeah. So when, when did you start stand-up? Uh, first time I ever went up was at an open mic at the Stress Factory. I was 17. Wow. First time I went up, yeah. Man, I'm so jealous of you guys that start early. I was fucking 33 before I was yeah. ever on a comedy wow. stage. That's why I'm 20 years older than everyone in this room. <laughs> um, what's the worst? Because you've been, you've done a lot of gigs. I've You're done a busy comic. A bunch, yeah. What's the worst gig you ever had? Describe oh it. So I got hired for this private for um, this woman's birthday. And those and, are always terrible. Oh, it was brutal. And I had to go to Philly for it. And they already tried to get these two other people. And I knew like how my comedy was and how their comedy was. I knew who they tried to get before me. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. So I show up. They tried to get Kevin Hart, and they tried, instead yeah. they got you. Yeah, they tried to get Louis C.K., and they went with the cheaper ginger. But uh, I showed up, and it was, like, much older than me, very small room, and they were like, okay, uh, it was a surprise. The lady didn't know there was going to be a comedian. Nobody knew there was going to be a comedian. Right, that's so the worst. I, yeah. had, I drove an hour and a half, and I had to stand in this restaurant, and for 35 minutes, fucking bomb. Horribly. Mm. So awkward. I was just... Because none of them really cared. I don't think any of them were ready. There was a baby in the crowd. It's such a bad idea to have a surprise comedy show. I had an identical experience. I don't know if you guys know. There's a comedian named Kantad Svensgaard, otherwise known as Hoopachu. No. No. Hoopachu got me a gig back in the day. It was like me, him, Robin Fox, and I can't even remember who the fourth person was. And it was in Rockland County at a restaurant, this like ladies' luncheon. It was one of the women's 50th birthday. Mm -hmm. And her husband thought it would be a good idea to have like a surprise comedy show. And it is a good idea if the comedian is Louis C.K. or Kevin Hart, but not like four people that they've never heard of. And if the audience is receptive to that, you know what I mean? Like some people just don't. They were eating their lunch. They didn't want to be interrupted. They literally had their backs to us the entire time. In a situation like that, it makes more sense to have like a musician or something. Get a little closer to the mic, right? It would make more sense to have like a musician, someone to provide like background background Mm -hmm. as opposed to like someone that you have to actually be like paying attention even to. a drag queen because you know drag drag shows are noisy you can kind of talk over them and still enjoy the visuals but right. like stand up you have to really shut yeah. the fuck and you up. have to be in the mood for it yeah. you have to like yeah you, you can't surprise comedy never is never a good not thing. at all kevin what's the worst gig you ever had i did uh this is about six years ago i did a show with uncle floyd who is a mm. new jersey celebrity mm-hmm. and had his own show for years was, yeah on, on channel on, nine yeah. Um, he's a great guy. He's still performing, still works like crazy. Um, hates the business, loves comics though. Yeah. And so I get to the show. It was a PBA, a police benefit at this big, it looked like a giant log house. It was some kind of hall. And I get there and there's, there's uncle Floyd saying, you had to walk up this, like, this staircase up to this, uh, area and I'm walking up so they couldn't see me. And I heard this big group of people standing around uncle Floyd and they were like, Floyd, when you going on? When you going on? And he's like, oh, well, you know, the other comics have to get here and we'll probably start in like an hour. And then they go, other comics, fuck them, send them home. We don't want them. We just want you. <laughs> and I, on cue, I like popped up. I was like, 
hey, yeah. I'm one of the other comics. And they were all like, eh. and then they everybody just dispersed. And Floyd looks at me and goes, fuck those people. Mm -hmm. We should just leave. Did you get paid yet? If you got paid, we should just leave. And then, and that was the best part of the show. Oh. Then it just got, it was like 300 drunk, angry cops and their belligerent wives <laughs> who, and I went on first, it was four <laughs> comics and I went on first and- Which is the worst spot. And the, yeah, uh, yeah. And I was, I was still, I mean, I wasn't new, but I still didn't have the, I didn't have the confidence of just right. get up there and be like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go through this. And they didn't listen to me. I had to think I had to do 20 minutes. They didn't listen to me for the first 10 minutes. And then when they started listening, one guy just turned around. And their backs were to me. Most of them weren't even looking at me. And one of them just turned around and went, would you shut the fuck up already? <laughs> and so like I, that episode of The Sopranos yeah. when the comedian is bombing <laughs> yes. and they're like, enough. <laughs> and it's, so I looked off stage and there was Uncle Floyd and he was just doing like the, the yeah. cut the across cut the neck. Yeah. And I was like. I was like, all right, thanks, guys. And I brought up the next comic, and the next comic just did as badly. And, and they didn't apparently – and I just left. And Flo Floyd was like, I think you're getting paid in the mail. You can just leave. These people are animals. That happens to a lot of comics who open for him. Yeah. Because I know three other people who the same thing happened to. Yeah. And that may be by design. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of comics who should have the confidence to just book anyone to open mm. for them will purposely book people that they know aren't going to do well so that they can be the the savior at the end to come yeah. on and, and rescue the what, show. He's, his following really just wants him. Right. Like, they're not comedy I'm fans. shocked that Uncle Floyd still has a following. Huge. To be honest with you. you at least in, against at Floyd. At least in Jersey. Wow. huge. And he does and he does a lot of stuff up in New York and in the Catskills and stuff like that. What a shitty, and, humiliating business. Yeah. I can't yeah. really. I mean, I have a hundred stories like that. Yeah. I, I have a question. Like, if you... If you're bombing, right, if it's just not going well, let's say you're supposed to do 20 minutes. You're, you're 13 minutes in, nope. 14 minutes in, and you're bombing. You got to finish. You go. So there's two minds about this. I, If I was hired to do 20 minutes and nobody's giving me the light early, I'm doing my 20 minutes. Yeah. That said, I'm happy to get the fuck off the stage like at five minutes. So if they light me or if there's any indication that they want me off, I'm I'm gone. Right. Yeah. But you but it has to come from the person who's producing or booking the show. You can't make that. You can't make that decision because otherwise they're going to be like, what the fuck? Right. You were supposed yeah. to do 20. And when you cut your time short, that means another comic has to go longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, it's just bad. It's just bad form. It means that you can't handle... You a, just have to make it work. A set. You got and, and and when you're new you really don't know how to make it work, but the longer you do it and you guys know that mm -hmm. I mean you're still super young, but you know after you've done a ton of shows that you, you learn how to turn a crowd. Yeah, there's a yeah. chance you can win them back. You just have right. to you just can't somehow. get you can't get like frazzled by it. Yeah. Right. You have to be able to You have to acknowledge that you're bombing. You have to right. own it. I th I always acknowledge it. I'm like, yeah. All right, you guys fucking hate me. <laughs> I get it. It's my fault. But let's I have another together. 10 minutes up here, so let's try to be friends. Yeah. And sometimes when you do that, they start laughing either out of pity or just because you've shattered the tension. Because yeah. mm -hmm. it's really, you know, Ryan, being in the audience of a comedy show, if someone's bombing, that's uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Absolutely. No one wants to sit through that. So it's if the comic vulnerable. can do anything to, to you yeah. know, kind of pierce that it's tension. A very, it's a very vulnerable experience for both the yeah. audience and the comic. And the, and the problem with the, for the, the comic, the bookers, I mean, the booker's contract with the, whoever they're being paid by is typically just for amount of time. Right. You know, the, the show's going to be an hour and a half. That's right. all the booker cares about. Right. In the contract, it's never that the comics are going to be hilarious. <laughs> they just care as you do, to do your hour and a half. So if you got hired, like Adam was saying, to do 20 minutes, I've, I've, been, on, I've been on phone calls with bookers who said, you know, so-and-so 
I heard he only did 15. He was only supposed to do 20. And I, I was like, well, he, they, they hated him. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if they hated him. Right. He's, he's supposed to do his 20 minutes. Time, yeah. And it's like, because in his, because then the venue or the, the client can say, well, you said an hour and a half. It was an hour and 15. So we're only going to pay you 80% of your contract. This exactly. one time I got hired to do uh, this birthday party and this dude was loaded. He had like a huge 10 bedroom house. There was fucking, I drove past this house because I thought it was the Cheesecake Factory when I got there. <laughs> so I ended up pulling up and they had these like huge Trump signs in the backyard, <laughs> these flags. And it was insane. And he was like, I just want you to roast my friends and I while I play volleyball. I was like, all right, whatever. So I did that. This sounds weirdly and erotic. Yeah, they were they were laughing. They were liking it. And then after he gives me the mic, they don't turn the music off. Right. And he's like, now just go around and do your act. Oh, my God. He's like, what do you mean? Like, to just random people? He's like, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. So then as I'm holding the mic, some guy takes the mic out of my hand. He's like, yeah, give it up for whatever the fuck his name was. For his 50th birthday. And everyone loses their mind. And he gives me the mic back. And they turn the music back on. And now I'm just some asshole walking around with a mic. And as soon as I'm about to start, the music stops. And the Wizard of Oz theme song starts playing, and three dudes walk out dressed as the lion, the <laughs> Tin Man. I swear to God, the Tin it's Man. Like an acid trip. And the Scarecrow, and they're dancing around like saying that this dude was the king of parties. And I fucking left. I was like, I'm not doing this. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> I didn't have like a camera behind me following me. I can't just go up. Did to you these get people. paid? No. <laughs> I was like, I'm not even doing anything. And then at the end, the guy showed you his ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that made it all better. Guys, we just have a few minutes left. I want to play a game with you. But first, um, I, I have to uh, mention that a good friend of our show, Charles Bush, um, is performing his cabaret act all this week at 54 Below, at Feinstein's 54 Below. It's called My Kind of 60s. Charles Bush, fabulous, legendary uh playwright and female impersonator um, go to 54below.com for information and tomorrow in the New York Times I will have an article in which oh, I wow. interview Charles Bush and John Epperson That's thank great. you awesome. John Epperson aka Lip Sinka um, they the two of them have been friends for years and have known each other so check that out on uh, the New York Times' website tomorrow and then the print edition on Tuesday and uh, and go to 54below.com to buy tickets to Charles's show okay it's time to play a game we started this a couple weeks ago, and um, it was sort of a perverted McLaughlin group, and I, I've come up with a name for it. It's called Ask Me No Questions. Uh, if anyone can think of a better name, please. No, uh, you win. That's it. Email me. Um, but we're going to ask Kevin and Mike uh, a, a lightning round of, of their opinion on various topics, starting with, number one, missionary or doggy style, Mike Sicoli. Doggy style. Kevin? Missionary. Ryan? Uh, doggy. Uh, two, will Donald Trump serve a full term? Kevin Israel. Yes. Mike Sicoli? Yeah, probably. Ryan? I don't think so. I hope not. I, I'm just, I really don't think so. But we'll see. I can't imagine it. It's just, it's so exhausting. Yeah, I couldn't imagine him being the president. If it, let me put look, the caveat. If it's his will, he will serve a full term. Sure. See, I disagree. I think... If you look at the history of Donald Trump, he basically start he basically lights a building on fire and then runs. Mm. That's his MO. He right. makes an enormous fucking mess and then flees the scene. So I think if 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 it turns out that Mueller has anything serious, which of course he does, yeah. Trump's gonna be like, I resign, you know, I can't deal with the swamp, they are after me, they're never gonna let me be, blah, blah, blah. I, I just don't think he's ever gonna face the music because he's never done it in his entire mm. life. Uh, okay, number three, peanut butter, smooth or creamy, Mike? Smooth the same and creamy thing. are the same thing, aren't they? I'm sorry. <laughs> I want the crunchy. Smooth or crunchy? Crunchies for me. Smooth. <laughs> uh, verse. Are you really? Yeah. Will depends. you eat anything, though? Yeah. 
literally anything. I like smooth myself. I, I feel like all the these answers are going to add up into the, uh, like, uh, so you guys are gay. Right, at the yeah. numbers, we put all the numbers together. At the end, we're going to proclaim you both bottoms. <laughs> okay, what kind of underwear are you wearing right now, Mike Sikola? Boxer briefs. Boxer briefs. What brand? Haynes. Calvin Klein. All right, Kevin's gay. And, uh, well, then we know this. See, I find Calvin <laughs> Klein, after you wear them a few times, they basically become tennis skirts. Oh, no. Mine All is, the elastic mine comes is, out. No, these. Mine, really? Yeah, mine are. That's why I always get them, because they've lasted so long. Ryan? Uh, briefs. But I really hate elastic bands on underwear. And, like, I really just wish that they would disappear. Because, like, sometimes they're just a little bit too tight. And, yeah. You know. Well, I have. I'm wearing. Uh, I forget what they're called, but there's kind of a quilted waistband. Oh. Um, oh, they're kind of like granny pants. I was gonna say that sounds very <laughs> senior. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am I very senior. senior. I'm 46 years old. Uh, okay, in bed, would you prefer that a woman talk dirty or shut the fuck up, Mike Sicoli? Talk dirty. Yeah, talk dirty. Really, both mm. of you? Yeah, fuck yeah. I know what your answer is, Ryan. What's my you like the dirty talk. I like the dirty talk, but only if it like works. Yeah. If it doesn't work, I'm not interested. Yeah, it can be ridiculous. It usually up. always works for me. Well, you're 25. Everything yeah, you're always works. I think you have to be good at it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know that women ever are, frankly. I wouldn't know. I mean, I can't. I, when I see a woman in porn, she's like, mm, fuck my pussy. You're being fat con. It's, like, if it starts to sound fake, then it's weird. If it starts to sound <laughs> like, okay. something real. Enough. I want it yeah. real. I, <laughs> you know, words are important to me. I, I write a script for my partner. Like, Make sure you say this. I was with a girl once who just kept saying, do you want to find my pussy? Find it. And I was it. like, find it. it. What were you doing wrong? I know where it is. <laughs> right. No, we were still dressed at that point. Like, we were just making it. She's That's like, weird. do you want to find like, my... That I was like, is it in a different mind? spot? <laughs> is it in a different... <laughs> Years ago on Fire Island, my boyfriend at the time and I were in a, uh, a 4G. And this one... It was basically three of us fucking this one guy, like, taking turns. And this Jesus one guy kept... Christ. This one guy kept saying, yeah, fuck my ass and call it a cunt. And he kept saying that over and over again. And I was like, <laughs> all right, it's a cunt. Like, that's, what do you want me to do? I like, that's a turnoff. It's such a turnoff. Yeah. Don't I, tell me to say something. Right. Do the talk <laughs> and I hate, like, oh. female terms for male parts. That just grosses One me. One time I laughed out of what a girl said, and she slapped me right in the face. Because it was so... What she say? I was like, oh, something about fucking her little asshole or something. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Mm. All right, lastly, one minute left. Dogs or cats? Dogs. 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 We're all in agreement. Uh, and finally, the gayest thing you've ever done. <sighs> Kevin uh, Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is demuring. I was at Punta Cana with a group of guys, and we all wore, just agreed to wear Speedos on the beach. And then we all like ran into the water and carried each other out like a bad scene from... Uh, from uh, Baywatch. That's hot. Mexico. I, I got a. I had a photo shoot one time, and uh, it was for uh, weddings. And I wasn't told until I got there that it was gay weddings, and I was the other groom. Yes. And I had to take uh, pictures with my head on the guy's shoulders, and I was obviously the bottom in that relationship. <laughs> but I had the beard. I was like, why do I have to put my head on his? Mike, shoulder? how do we follow you on Twitter? At the Mike Sicoli. Kevin Israel, how do we follow you? Kevin Israel underscore NJ. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan Frostig. Thank you for being my co-host. JB, you've done a magical job of producing. Next week, Mike. And that's it. That's all, folks. Sorry for that abrupt ending. But uh, if we had kept the audio going, you would have heard me tease what was coming up next week. And that was back in 2017. So it wouldn't have uh, made any sense. Anyway, uh, I want to thank JB for all of his hard work this week and last week for putting together these episodes. I want to thank you guys for listening. And, um, yeah, tune in next week. We will have a brand new episode. We will be live, I swear. I don't know who the guest will be, but it will be someone fabulous. 
And, um, you know, do all the things. Subscribe to DNRstudios.com. Download the DNR Cast app. Uh, email me, me at adamatadamsank.com. Follow me on Twitter and Insta at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Uh, file, f- file, follow Ryan at Ryan Frosting with an N on um, fa- uh, Twitter and Instagram. He's Ryan Frostig on Facebook. JB is Stocking Anarchy 12 on Instagram. Um, I love you guys. Have a great week, bitches. Bye.